talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. This podcast is called The Dropped Kickoff because uh, it's something that probably one of the most disappointing things that can happen on a rugby field and also something that the Wallabies are well uh, capable of. And I kind of felt that felt like that after uh, the last game against the Springboks. Um, so I can't say that I'm too positive. But I am happy because uh, today I'm joined by... Um, by just one, by one superstar, but he's uh, returning by popular demand. It's uh, Josh Murphy. Hello, Josh. How are you today? Doing well, Nick. Doing well. Thank you very much for having me again. And, uh, you know, I can hear the crowd cheering now in the background, lots of roars. Uh, I've definitely had to get rid of that background noise. So thanks again uh, for having me. It's uh, very interesting, isn't it? Uh, the drop kickoff in the Wallabies. Definitely uh, something that we've seen. Uh, and uh, wonder what the new squads are going to do about those kickoff uh, returns, eh? <laughs> well, um, you know, a dropped kickoff is not too far from being uh, dropped on your head as a child. Um, and uh, I don't want to name names, but I think one of the people, or all of them, responsible for this lineup, this weird lineup, um, have been dropped on their heads um, or been concussed in training. Another one. Um, let's get straight into it. Um, if you had to describe looking at the squad with like an emoji, um, you said to me today, you sent that great gif of um, Willem Dafoe looking crazy, but what kind of emoji would you use to describe this weird dog's breakfast of a lineup? Well, look, I'm happy to pull my phone out. Um, I'm even just scrolling through them right now. <laughs> I think there's probably going to be two that I would definitely choose. One is the little face, the finger, his thinking, his pondering with the big <laughs> WTF. Um, that's the first one. Um, the second one, I'm sorry, but it is going to be the old vomit one. Um, <laughs> you know, personal preference and all. And I can see why they've named who they've named and the strong back row. And the second row has got a bit of grunt. You know, we've got some good, hard test players. They've got some decent caps. But then I look at it, I look at the bench, and I just think we could have done better. <laughs> um, That's an honest opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a real weird one. It kind of feels. I think you actually like right. It's half of it looks good, and the other half just I don't know. It looks like a nightmare. Um, I'd maybe go for the the streaking voice that half blue at the top, um, you know, like the scream. Actually, <laughs> yes. that's probably me, yeah. Um, sorry, a bit of a beer burp there. Um, so let's just go through it. I think the front row looks fine, uh, actually looks great. Uh, Slipper, Peretsky, Alala Atoa. Agree? Yep. I agree, and you know what? I'm actually happy that Tupo is not selected. Mm. Um I think that he hasn't brought the game that he was able to bring at the beginning of the series. And I also think he probably has a bit of that mentality change that needs to go in. 
Parecki, love him. We'll get yeah, the first line out so today. good. I'll take it <laughs> any day of the week. Um, and, and I think he's well and truly earned that starting position. Um, and the bench isn't too bad. CEO, Farmer Lucy, uh, sorry, Farmer Silly, um, Fianga. I, I, it's not a bad front row to come on as well. And I think if you push, you know, Slipper for 60, Al Alatola's probably got 50 in him, depending on the physicality. Probably keep cracking on for the whole 80. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think yeah. realistically we've got that that front row can cause some troubles against the All Blacks, um, you know, at, at, at that scrimmage. And I think... Um, we might see some little wins there over the game. Um, yeah, it's hard to disagree with you. In fact, it's almost impossible. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm scared by a fanger. Like, the hooker doesn't have to throw it in. So I don't know why, like, you know, they can't just give it to Jake Gordon to do it. Um, hey, they aren't. used to use the wingers back in the day, mate. They used to use I the just... wingers, throw it right past, straight down the middle. Go for You dive. give it to Marika. How about that? Yeah. He'd love to do it. He can do everything, that bloke. He'd be a hundred percent stats for the championship, no doubt. <laughs> um, okay, great. So that's front row. Just in case you missed it, there it's Sipper, uh, Puretsky, Alatoa, and then the bench is Fayan Garcia and Farmasidi. Um, okay, so in the locks, a bit interesting here. Jed Holloway's moved. Um, to, and he's going to start with the number four on his back and Matt Phillips partnering him. Darcy Swain is in the uh, on the bench. No Caden Neville, even though he's back training. I'm probably not match fit. Um, and Rory Arnold is out. Um, what do you think of this lineup? I think I, it, it looks strong. Uh, I'm in a bit of a Holloway fan. I really want to see him shine. I know a lot of other players who had a couple of average games, um, but are now coming up on top. Um, and, you know, not to name names, but I think John, Jed Holloway will be one of them. Um, how do you feel? Yeah, I agree. Like, if you look at Holloway and his performances and his ongoing control aggression at the moment, definitely the right selection. Um, and matching with Matt Phillip, who has just been by far one of the biggest workhorses for the Wallabies so far yeah. in the series in the championship. I think that's a great pairing. And I did scream out Bloody Mary last <laughs> game and said, why are we doing the 5-2 split? Well, I've now got my request. It is a 4-3. <laughs> However, learn that we've only got Swain. A replacement. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of that, talk to him about. Yeah, in terms of that. However, once you know you and I move on to the back row there, I think what you'll notice is that the back row is going to end up being the second row, especially with McWright in the back row on bench. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Rob Leota, um, uh is playing, is starting as blindside. So, but yeah, for sure. Um, I, I can easily see him slotting in um, if need be. Um, but yeah, cool. I, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that change there. Uh, so, Back row, again, I'm pretty happy with this as well. Uh, Pete Sami finally gets his chance. I think it's fair. I think especially we've seen um, 
what Rainey's tended to do is keep the bench performers the performing well on the bench despite an injury on in the starting selection. And but I think this is the first time he's actually moved them up. Well, actually, not well, not the first time in this lineup, which we'll get to. But yeah, Pete Sami doing very well. Uh, Rob Valentini and Rob Leota, and also a nice little mention that they're all Victorian, which is. Uh, bit cute for this game coming up, which will be in Melbourne. Um, and then McWright's been pushed out and pushed to the bench. Uh, okay, how do you feel? Well, you know, we've got to represent south of the border when we're playing south of the border. Um, to be honest, I think Leona probably didn't need to start. <laughs> but actually, you probably put McWright. Six. Interesting. Which Samu do six. No, no, I'd leave Samu at seven. Samu's got a stronger ball running capability. But at six in the floating, you'd definitely be able to get McWright to steal those few extra pilfers. And he's a great defender when he's in it. So he'd, he'd handle the six properly. Um, and then I'd put Leota in the reserve there to come in at the back row and, and then jump in the second row, as I was saying before with you, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's just more so that trying to play a physical game. Right? You look at that tight five, you look at mm-hmm. you, know, you look at the entire forward pack, right? That is probably one of the biggest packs that we have put down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the biggest pack this series, right? Like Tupo, mm-hmm. we've lost 30-odd kilos with Tupo. Um, but, like, you see what they're going for and you, you listen to the spiel and the hype. In the media, Corabetti, we need to be physical. We've got to bash him. We're going to do these things. That's great. And I hope to God that happens. But also hope to God they've got 80 minutes in them, all of them. <laughs> because, you know, we le- we, we've lost concussion in training. Okay, granted, they're all the backs. Some might call them princesses. I get that. But, you know, we had Tupo out with the injury in warm-up. We've had Cooper out in injury in warm-up. And I think I said it last time with Nathan and yourself and just went, you know, the Wallabies curse, the injury curse at the moment that's presentable. And that's my biggest question. Can that entire forward pack do 80 if they needed to? Yeah, good shout. I, I, we've always been cursed by this like fitness regime. And I think a lot of the injuries we've got is probably from fitness issues like hamstrings and muscle tears and whatnot um so yeah i mean i i but i mean i think on your point i i'm excited for pete sami because this is make or break for him i really reckon um and i think rob valentini's also got to step up and really kind of dominate the game because he's a bit of a player who comes in and out um and hasn't and he, and, and he does have great games but he never you know he doesn't stamp his authority and play you know six amazing games in a row um, for example, but um, yeah, I think this is probably where we'd win or lose this game. Actually, we'll win this game would be a forward pack. Um, I can agree with that. And you know, you say Pete Samu make or break, or well, I actually think it's more Valentini because if you see Samu run like a rocket ship, which he's good <laughs> at doing when he wants to, and he starts breaking that line, you've got Fraser McWright, an absolutely beautiful seven sitting on the bench. 
So I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at Valentini going, buddy, Samu can play your role pretty easily, and I've got a world class seven just to slot in that gap. Yeah. You know, yeah. Are we also looking at potentially resting McRide a little bit by putting him on the bench? Going, you've played phenomenal minutes consistently for the first couple of games. Let's give you a break. Do you, you know is is it more that versus performance as well? I, so well, I, it got kind of blown off the park a bit. Against the box, I felt. Well, I think I'm sorry, but the, the Wallabies got blown off the park. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't okay. any one or the other. Uh, <laughs> you know. But no, he, he did. But in saying that, I don't think Fraze has ever played that level of physicality because because I don't think he played in the Super Rugby when the South African teams were in. Mm. You know, like yeah. when was the last time he actually played the Saffers physicality? Actually, when was the last time the Sappers played their own physicality game? That was a new bring back. Like that that's old school Sappers. And he got caught out, as did the Wallabies. I think really, like, you know, I've never seen a 10 sit in the pocket and wait for a perfect picture. To quote Will Genia, which I never thought I would do. I love him. <laughs> I'm a Queenslander, but I just never thought I'd quote a media article from him. But he, he but he did. Like and and that that perfect picture for a 10 to create a scenario, whether it's utilising the forwards, directing the forwards, a backline play, a kickover, it doesn't matter. We waited. The whole team waited on the back foot for a perfect picture, which never came. And the box, to their credit, they played that game and they played that referee. It was a win-win for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, so I haven't listened to the other the boys' pod with uh, Graham Cooper just yet, but uh, we, we could get to uh, South Africa. But first, I need to go get another beer. Give me a hot minute. <laughs> and Jake Gordon and Nick White, what's going on? <laughs> Give me a hot I'll, minute, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll ponder this while you get your beer. <laughs> okay, all right. There it is. Crack of satisfaction. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Um, Jake Gordon is starting. Nick White's on the bench. Hit me, Josh. What do you think? You ready to go? Foley, Foley, Foley. I don't think Nick White's played a minute with Nick with um, Bernard Foley, has he? Been in training. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Back, back. So, where, remember yeah. when um, Checkers first game, they beat the All Blacks. Remember you, you went down to the anthem with them? Maybe yes. then. Maybe then, because I think Nick right. White went overseas or stopped getting picked, and he scored the winning try. Did he it's have a stash then? Mm, maybe. Oh, I wonder if he shaved it for this week. <laughs> yeah, if he puts in a bad performance, if he gets benched, he's got to shave it. So maybe we should put a poll out for green and gold. <laughs> <laughs> should he or shouldn't he? Um, look, I think I think with the way that Gordon direct pass behind him inside the pocket and Foley <laughs> likes to play in the pocket a lot because he is a very technical kicker I think that's probably from my point of view the selection there just to say that they'll complement that on each other on that um, Nick White though my little gremlin, my little diver um, you <laughs> know bit of pass rash from the stash I just I don't know, I, I don't think I could have him. I don't think that he did as much as he could have against the box, and there's potentially a little bit of a penalty there for him in that case. Mm. Um, but 
again, if I look at it from a technical perspective, a pocket ball out the back, Foley's technical kicking. I think Gordon's probably going to pick, um, sorry, Pip White there, you know, at the gates. And, and that's probably the selection from my point of view. Um, but in saying that, I also can see that Jake Gordon's the reserve 10, <laughs> the same as Reese Hodge, to be honest. Um, in the event someone, that, you know, Bernard dies and then potentially one of our centres die, really you've only got one Hodge. We can't split Superman in two. Mm. So, you know, I think that's the other part. Gordon's got a bigger frame to be a secondary 10 in the event that that was the case. So I think they're looking at a wider contingency plan with that. That's um, it's a bit like conspiratorial and catastrophic, but I guess not without reason with the... Uh, kind of like the Wallaby squad right now. Freakish injuries, yeah. Um, so the, we're getting into the facts is when it starts getting a bit weird. Um, yeah. If I, you know, I guess that's what, that's why Jake Gordon, Gordon is starting because of that Foley connection. Um, uh, and I guess, yeah, to your point, uh, Rennie probably didn't think Nick White was deserving of being dropped, but it's just this awful fly half, uh, conundrum we've got, um, which is probably Foley is at least the fourth choice fly half after all the CEO Cooper and, um, uh, James O'Connor. Um, doesn't look right now, does it? Yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a weird one. I personally look. I think Foley had some great games with Wallabies. He's not the greatest fly half in the world, uh, but he's pretty good when he's good. The ice <coughs> man. The ice yeah, man. he's pretty good. Well, he's when pretty he's good. on, well, you know, I shouldn't say when he's on ice. That's probably very politically incorrect. But like <laughs> when when he's the ice man. When the Iceman's really on fire, there you go. Yeah, you know, you know, he's he's blowing that dry ice, whatever you want to call it. Like, <laughs> it's just when he's on song, he's a he's a fantastic ten. Mm. When he's on song, but hasn't he been playing tier two Japanese rugby recently? Yeah, but you know, Corabetti, or actually, I don't know, tier two maybe. I don't know, but Corabetti, Cooper, Corabi, you know, I mean, uh, Japanese rugby's a step down from. Uh, super rugby or European rugby, but hasn't really served them, you know. Uh, well, all the reports are negatively. Anyway, it's Dan McKellar that's giving all the media footage on him. So I kind of feel like really it's just McKellar's selection in this one. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, all, all the things that I've seen on rugby articles and a couple of the news feeds has been, you know, McKellar's glowing recommendation of Bernard Foley and how much he's been surprised and impressed by how he handles himself and trains and directs and gives a cool head. Um, and uh, all kudos to Foley when he can do it. I, mm. um, I'm just wondering when he looks at that second row coming down at him at a combined total of 100 and, uh, if my maths is correct, 34 tests between the two of them in the All Blacks team. Mm-hmm. about ready to destroy him in a kick charge down or come down with a nice, you know, jam defense on him. What's he going to do? How is he going to act? Um, 
with having no international rugby in the past, however long it's been. It's, you know, but as we've said, the old injury hoodoo is probably is what's put Foley in this position to be able to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, I think, this is my kind of prediction, I don't think you'll play a game that we've, we're used to seeing from him because I think he was definitely pigeonholed by a checker. He had the golden ticket. And I think Rennie is a lot smarter than to give him the golden ticket to do all the kicks despite him not being the most obvious choice. Um, but, uh, and I mean, to that effect, I don't think he'll be doing all that kicking. Um, but, you know, like, I hope it goes well. Um, um, and uh, I guess the only other thing I've got to say before we move on is, is it Bernard or is it Bernard? I'm just going to stick to Iceman Foley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, by the way, oh, before we move on, uh, Reese Hodges on the bench. Yep. Um, so, I mean, the interesting thing coming into this, when you heard all the media reports about Foley being number 10, you'd think, oh, it's because the only reason Hodge isn't there is because he'll be a fullback. Uh, but he's not, he's on the bench. But I guess that kind of makes sense because on the bench he can come on for fullback or for fly half. Um, but we'll move on to that. Uh, wingers first. This is pretty straightforward. Cora Betty and Tom Wright. I don't think we've got to say anything else. Um, look, I'll say two things. One, Marika, we love you. You'll never lose your spot. Um, <laughs> I think you'll die on a rugby pitch at the rate you're going. Uh, Tom Wright. He'll just explode. It will be like, you know, Mario Kart or something. Like, he just goes into them too fast. Yeah, I totally agree <laughs> with you wholeheartedly there. Um, and, yeah, and Tom Wright, he did enough to secure his position. He's done um, so well. Look, he, he has done so well, and I think that in his own skill set and capabilities, he solidified that wing position. The only thing that's going to break him is Pataya at full strength. That's going to be the only thing. And you see Pataya on the bench, so he's nipping at the heels. Um, yeah. I think that that's the only thing you'll see. And you'll probably get a fair and flamboyancy of a bit outside three. Um, you know, I think that if he doesn't show anything against the All Blacks, you might see a change there next week. Ooh. Pataya coming in. Yeah. Well, as long as he's not concussed and putting his head in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Ty is the final bench spot. Um, uh, but to wrap up, oh, the centers, of course. Sorry, why did I do the wingers first? The centers, Valakai, Fiketi, Len Ikatao. Ah, I mean, it doesn't scream to me, but uh, again, uh, Pasami got uh, concussed and he's on stand down. Some moron decided to put a test in the same window, 12 days, which is also the concussion time frame. Anyway, talk about that later. Maybe I'll get in trouble again. But other guy for Katie, Lenny Katow. Um, I mean, I guess it's good. In. Yeah. They put big bodies in. You've got Havili and, and, um, and Rico Ioni. I can never get his name right. Um, no, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. No, um, you know, you, you need big bodies with a bit of speed, and I think we've got that. I think that's one of the 
I think it's probably the best choice, to be honest, mm. against that opposing um, centre pair. And the only thing is that we're going to lose is Basami's quick thinking, mm-hmm. shooting to shut down the back line. I think that's the only thing that you don't see Iqdao do. Um, yeah. But for Ketty, one-on-one, he's probably one of the better tacklers, to be honest, that we've got in the centre pairing. So I'll, I'm actually interested to see how they shut that down. Um, but if he really gets on that outside shoulder and Ion is, uh, he's, uh, you know, into a bit of space, have fun, Andrew Kellaway. That's going to be a fun thing to tackle. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So to, to wrap it up, uh, Andrew Kellaway fullback uh, makes sense to me. Kainagi. Yeah. Um, so I guess all in all, I mean, it, it's a bit of a weird one, like we said before, but actually going through that kind of makes sense but there still is that i don't know that factor to it yeah i agree it's more like someone standing halfway down the football pitch and's gone i'm going to go for a 50 meter drop kick um and (laughs) hail mary this then it's either going to work or it isn't yeah Um, yeah yeah but but what they probably haven't accounted for was the all blacks only changing two players um, and going, oh, okay, so that's a lot further away than 50 metres. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that that's just, it's, it's a Hail Mary from me for the squad. I think the Hail Mary will either come off in a win, a big win, and that'll be great, and then it'll have to be backed up again, or they're going to be sent home with our shorts around our ankles. Uh, yes, so I guess... If- couple people i mean well nick nick basilio actually sent this question in is this does is this make is this not make or break what did what did nick say is it you know is this uh rennie's is this the pivotal moment if he wins or loses i honestly don't think rennie's got a problem with his coaching stature and i don't think they're going to get rid of him in any way shape or form and should he be worried at all is it his defining moment as coach? Is this question? Got it up. Is this his defining moment as coach? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Put two back-to-back games, then he can be a defined coach. I, I can't see it. I can't see that a win against the All Blacks for the first up, when the All Blacks are. I think we're the same, aren't we? Three or four from seven. Yeah, but yeah. It's there's no defining moment. Look, if he wins the Bledders low, good on you, Rennie. Take it. Let's run with it and see what we can do. Um, so to answer the question, I say no, but if they win and he does it next week with another big curveball of a squad, then yes, that was his defining moment. Yeah, yeah, it's all I, I agree with you. Um, it will all be, um, in retrospect. Um, I guess before we move on, we can, I guess, talk about the NZ squad. Is there anyone moves in from here? I mean, first one, Bunavalu. But I guess I, I think he they just think he'll be a straight swap for Corabetti. Yeah, but he doesn't have that much age. He like Fijians don't age. <laughs> Corabetti's going to play to his eighty, and he's still going to be faster than mm. the Wallaby squad. Like, That's true. It's. I don't think that you can make a straight swap. I also don't think Vernavalu is better on the left wing. Um, so is he being excluded for balance reasons? It was basically another way of what I was trying to say. Yeah, look, I can say that. Also, I don't think anyone's willing to give him the time. Um, you've also got to remember that in the Queensland Cup, he did get that uh, 
yellow card and sanctioned for that high tackle in a covering tackle um, a couple of weeks back. And I think that there's just a few technique issues and his overall ability at the test level. Okay. And I think, I think that's probably – he needs more training, um, but also in saying that, he needs more game time. So, you know, maybe if they verse Chile in the World Cup or something, he might get it. Um, <laughs> That'd be that, – yeah. Yeah. It'd be probably against, I don't know, they're playing, but on the Northern Hemisphere Tour, they're playing Italy or Scotland with no disrespect to them. but No, but it, it more, of a, more of a contextual gameplay for him to be able to really put. And, and, you know, but that's where he will absolutely flourish in a kicking game. In returning running rugby, he will flourish. He's not no. getting that right now. No, no. Um, yeah, I just, you also can't help but look at the squad and just go, I wish Quaid wasn't injured. I wish Krevy wasn't injured. I wish, you know, Caden Neville hadn't done his knee. Um, yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah, yeah. Do anything. I think it's just at the end of the day, we're going to look at this squad and I don't think we're the only, well, actually, I know we're not the only people who have questions about it because I have seen the comments on that Wallabies page and some of them, I have to admit, are very funny. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think that we just need to uh, take a step back here and go, you know what? In Rennie, we trust. Yeah. Exactly. And if you lose, my sword I will thrust. Because, <laughs> you know, that, that's the end of it. I, I think that um, I, we have to have a few conversations. I also have a, also have a weird pondering thought that Mikel is actually making more selections than what we're aware of. Right. Yeah, well, they've got a little brain stress, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm trying to look at these funny comments on the Facebook page. Uh, I think a Queensland is complaining about McRae. Yep. Um, Standard. Someone saying we should have played Donaldson and Edmed. No. No Tate. That's crazy. Best half in the country. Uh, it's pretty good, but all our halves are pretty good. Um, uh. He's kind of really morose. I want to laugh. Uh... Soul-destroying for the super <laughs> rugby number 10s. To all be overlooked for someone who doesn't even play in the country. No wonder we can't retain the young ones. It's pretty dark. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, Wallabies fans. I, we want funny comments. We want funny comments. Send us the funny comments. Classic Wallabies, one step forward, ten steps back. I think that's been uh, used about a dozen times now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like... Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. I'm a little bit sad I've read them. Um, NZ squad. Um, I'm not going to read it out. Um, but I just look at this, right? There's Brady Retallick, Sammy Whitelock, Scott Barrett, Sam Kane, uh, Aaron, Aaron Smith, Richie Moonga. Um, it's kind of like I, I look like a, and Dane Coles is still the reserve halfback. Uh, not halfback hooker. Um, I kind of feel... speeding to play halfback. I, I, the weird thing watching the All Blacks is that they've got a young, uh, lot of young dudes um, because they've had a lot of good dudes who've been good for ages um, getting too old, like Dane Coles. Um, and it's just a weird-looking squad to me. Um, but, yeah, um, I definitely feel that we kind of... that the, the Wallabies have a bit of... Pack. Don't you? Oh, nah. 
sorry. No. Um, De Groot should have been playing for All Blacks three seasons ago. Um, Lomax is one of the most aggressive front rowers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Melbourne born Lomax, you mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. History is history. Family lineage trumps all. Um, Britallic Whitelock, oh, second row combination of the ages. There's like mm. a bronze statue in itself hugging each other. But um, like 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 the the two thousand and tens ages. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I just I think that mm. if you can throw look, if you can make Scott Barrett stuff up at six, even though he'll be utilized in the line out, but make him stuff up at six. If you can squash Sam Kane with physicality, because sometimes he does fold. Like, if Sam Kane gets stumped a few times, he generally doesn't like to put his head in dark faces, which is really weird for a seven. Um, you know, Retallick's just come back, but Retallick's going to be, you know, his hands are as big as his head, and that's saying something because they're both huge. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you just, your forward pack is going to be the aggressor, and I think that the All Blacks will either that absorb a very quick and aggressive Wallaby squad that will level out, or it's going to go tit for tat until someone finally breaks through. And then, you know, I know we're not going through the, excuse me, I know we're not going through the, the squad, but I look at that back line and I just weep. Like, what about the counterattack that is truly there? You've got, uh, and I'm going to say it, but you're back three, Caleb Clark, Will Jordan, and Geordie Barrett with Rico Ioani as fast as he is off the mark in that acceleration. And then you've got Sir Nigler himself and Aaron Smith. But, you know, the reserves aren't bad either. <laughs> Bone and Barrett. Yeah. Christy. But, yeah. Okay. Please, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you can stutter, you can move around it, but I'm I'm going to give, you know, the man, the myth, the legend himself that's been attacked, um, you know, over the past couple of uh, weeks. He's the right person for the job. Will he survive? Um, you know, but old Foster, he, he's proving that slow and steady is going to win the race. And I think that, yeah, oh, to be honest, I'm, the Hail Mary, it better come off. I just want to see the <laughs> Wallabies beat the All Blacks. Um, yeah, it'll be great. I have a, I have a farewell at work um, that I think is starting at two. So um, this game will be at eight. So um, oh. I'm not sure if I should be around anyone when I'm watching it. Um, if it all goes pear-shaped, because I'll be Stephen. Um, and it won't be fun to hang around with. Um Anyway. I'm only a phone call away. I'm only a phone call away. <laughs> yeah, my rugby lifeline. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I think we've probably covered everything. Um, woo, uh, where can we move on to? Um, questions? Oh, we've got, got another question here. Um, uh, no, okay, we've done all those questions. All right, moving on. Um, so I guess predictions this weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you've probably covered it there. 
Um, I don't know, do you have anything else to say? You just hope the Wallabies will win uh, with this Hail Mary. Look, I do. I hope they win. If they do, it's not going to be my much. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe a penalty goal, um, if that, Ooh. three points. Um, and that's that's a tight contest. Sadly, I'm thinking the All Blacks. It pains me to say it. But I think they're going to be 20 plus. Yeah. Oh, 20 plus. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess probably in terms of expectation management, I feel the same. Uh, what was that? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I guess I've got a more interesting prediction for you. Who do you reckon will be the best starter and who will be the best reserve? Each team or overall? Um, it's just the Wallabies. Just the Wallabies? Yeah. All right. As well. Best starter, I think it's actually going to be Parecki. I think Parecki's going to show what he's really capable of in defence um, and attacking those wide channels. I really and, think and, he's going to get and his ability to throw the ball straight into the middle. Look, if he does not get his first line out straight, I'm done. I'm, just, I'm not following the front row for the rest of my life. I can't do it. The pain, the pain and the misery that goes with it. Um, I think he will be definitely by far um and you know it's a difficult one but i think um you know it pains me to actually say this actually no it really doesn't to be honest i think jake gordon's going to get slammed at nine and i think we're going to see jake gordon get removed very early in the match for nick white oh like before half time or like at half-time? yeah I'm, think, I'm thinking like 20 25 minutes <laughs> i think you'll see you'll see it Bomb squad, that's how they'll spin it. Um. <laughs> he's, he's not going to be disarming anybody, Bombs. Like, I, just, I, I can see it. I can just see White Lock and Metallic absolutely swamping him from the fringes of the rock. Mm. I can just see it. And I just think Gordon's just going to get put under too much pressure. Um, and because of that, he's going to throw those pocket balls deeper. We're going to keep the ball away faster and it'll be that roll-on effect where the counter-attack of New Zealand will come in and just start to destroy us. Mm, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to roll the dice. Who do I think will be? Uh, I like you, Parecki, but I can't say the same. So I'll say Matt Phillip will probably have another monster of a game. Um, Praise uh, Phillips. Yeah. He, you know, he's not the, he's not the Ferrari in the garage, but that I guess people were hoping Rory Arnold or Isaac Rudder would be, but he just has so much uh, heart. And in so many of our worst games, he's been a, he's played very well. Not a best player, just that, but played very well. Um, it's the old farm truck. The old farm truck that just does not die. And for some reason, you turn it over in the middle of winter and she goes. And that's what he does. He just goes and goes and goes. And he does the things that he needs to do as per his job description. Yeah, he's great. Um, great. Uh, and probably off the bench, ooh. Uh, I've, a, I've just got an inkling. Reese Hodge will have another great game because he always seems to kind of show up against the All Blacks. It's really odd. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned before penalty kick, but and who's going to take it? It's going to be him. 
um, would be a speculator, of course. So I guess those are my two bets for predictions. Um, moving on. Final should, part. Should we do it? Do we? Should we do an extra one? Fastest Wallaby injury. <laughs> well, back in the day, me and my mate used to do bets on um, Tatafu Blood. Now, like when's he going to come off the the, the field injured? Uh, <laughs> ooh, oh, I, I reckon it's one of the centers. Could be one of the centers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I reckon I reckon the starting fifteen is going to be perfect, and Jordan Bisai is going to come on, take one tackle, and die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, good I chance. absolutely, absolutely, I absolutely mean it. Like he'll come in for like the last ten minutes or something for for right, and he'll go in for one tackle, and that'll be the end of him, or one run, and the ham will go, or the head will be in the wrong spot. Something will happen. Just yeah. <laughs> okay, I love it. I love it. Brandon, we could put bets on it. Um, <laughs> too good. All right. Um, let us know in the comments who you think will be injured first. Um, or answers on the back of a podcast uh, postcard. Um, before we go, quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, rugby World Cup sevens. Rugby sevens World Cup was on. Um, uh, of course, the the women's got up. They won again. Um, Third big win this year after winning um, the World Seven Series, the Commonwealth Games, and of course this one. Um, and the men came uh, fourth. Uh, they lost to Ireland in the bronze medal match, and I think it was Fiji beat New Zealand in the final there. Um, pretty stellar stuff, Josh. I mean, as coach of the women's side, this is. Pretty uplifting stuff for the women's game here. Look, I can safely say that the women's sevens programs across New South Wales ACT right now are at the forefront. All right, I've got, I've got a few people that I know and some discussions, and you know, you've got all different competitions coming up. Um, you know, Aon sevens, you got Byron sevens, Kayama. The Barony women's just went over to Samoa, I believe, in the Samoa sevens and one. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all women. Everything's women. Sevens is women. And I think it's great. And I think the traction's really high. Um, and kudos to the Aussie women's for just being, honestly, the best. Like, they, <laughs> you, you can't fall short on it. You've got a 48-0 win over Madagascar and the beautiful friendship they developed by giving them their um the other striped jersey to them to have a training jersey because they actually didn't have the self-fund and they didn't have an extra jersey to train in so mm -hmm. it was lovely of the aussies to help them out then yeah, they beat amazing. england 35 to 5 at half time it was 21 nil you know like there's a few things that they put in there um and then you watch 17 7 over a strong usa women's team probably one of the strongest i've seen Absolutely well deserved, and then you're sitting there watching a drop kick from New Zealand, going, "Dear God, please don't go over. Let them win. Let them win. I don't want to do extra time because New Zealand were coming back hot, and it was two points from second half and two points in the final score the difference. And I think honestly that what an absolute just just glorified rugby outcome, and I think that that's such a great success story to take the queen sweep all three this year 
and really give them the absolute utmost respect. I can't say anything short of you guys are amazing. The men's, the men's are hit and miss in certain parts. Like, you know, to be honest, like they are hit and miss in certain parts. They have these moments of brilliance and they have these moments of lapsed defences. Um, I watched uh, the Fiji game and when the Fiji took on Australia and James Turner got turned inside out, then copped a fend to the chest and he superman dived. Like, it was impressive and it looked great, but then the Fiji player just went 65 metres and scored a try. Like, there's just bits and part pieces where then you look at Levi, who runs to chase down the Madagascar player and knock the ball out over the try line. Well, yeah. Right. And, she did, and she did a 70-metre run to get that. Actually, it's from the 22, and out wide in the 15 channel, she took the whole space, come across, and got her over the line and stopped that try. Like... I think there's just a bit of mentality difference and I would love to see the women go in and do a week of coaching in the men's and say, boys, this is how you think. Um, let's try and get that, 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 you know, across. But kudos to the boys, Mr. Consistency. They are always reaching those, you know, gold, silver, bronze. Yeah. In, in, in those sort of competitions. And I think that's great. And there's some room to build, but we've also got development coming through. So yeah, just, well done, Australia. It's still a great achievement, but uh, yeah, the women's take the cake. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the women's, are, yeah, I agree with you. Truly impressive. Um, I mean, all this hullabaloo about, you know, AFLW when it started that, oh, it's the best women's comp. And here you've got Australian women in a sporting team representing the country, representing Australia. Um, I think, uh, you know, multicultural um i think one or two uh indigenous background it's everything that you kind of want um and dominating the world um and it's just great to see and it's just uh it's probably you know not only the best women's national team australian national team but probably the best australian national team of both men and women right now um of definitely um, i agree with that I, actually i do want to raise a point that a lovely person had made a comment to me going that women's sevens team reminds them of the era of the 91 and 99 Wallabies <laughs> because that's how much publicity they're getting. That's yeah, how much that right. everyone is starting to follow them. And I think that's a really good reference. And yeah. I think they are. They are really, they, they are head and shoulders above the rest in this at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, and same. I mean, like I was, the, the Matildas played, um, in Sydney not long ago, and I was uh, just walking around and saw all these people wearing that shirt going to the game. Um, and it was that kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel, I, I'd say the only kind of people that are hitting those heights are those just adoration and glory. Um, uh, Matildas and, um, I don't know what they call the Australian Sevens Women's team, but them as well. Um, Charlotte Kaslik is, is a, you know, god. <laughs> what she does, um, the Madagascar thing you mentioned before. Yeah, I didn't know it was their training kit, but the story is there that this, the Madagascar, yeah, self-funded and have a kit, and the Australian Sevens uh, women's team gave them their kit, their spare kit, um, and it's just great vibes. And there's a video of them, the 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 uh, the, uh, the women celebrating with. Um, like the cooks and chefs. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, dancing. Yeah, dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's just great. It's just everything that you want in sport. 
Um, so yeah. Um, but uh, we've got a, we've got a question in from um, Hugh on uh, Twitter. Which of the triple crowns means the most for the sevens? Um, my thoughts are probably the the series because that's consistent. That's like a league. It's not just a cup. I mean, the the cup is a statement. But what do you think? Well, it's really hard to say because they're all positive in their own right to the to to rugby itself, right? Not just these players, but rugby itself. Um, well, actually, almost I'm probably going to say the games, to be honest. Oh. Um, and the only reason is because of the precursor to the next games, right? The Olympic Games. And whilst we could be playing the best championship in the world, we're winning, 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 winning. You know, we hit the comms games, we win. We hit the World Cup, we win. We hit the Olympics, do we win? Because we do know that things change over the years. Do we have the same players? Do we have the same depth? And and I think what, what it shows is that those high grouping players that, and teams that they're bursting, um, I think that was a higher calibre and less warm-up games per se. Like, I, I'm so beautiful story with Madagascar, but Madagascar and Australia, you know, I was actually kind of a little bit thrown that it was only 48 nil. Um, you know, I think there's still parts of it that I think, oh, okay, that could have been a little bit different. Uh, but yeah. kudos to Madagascar for keeping it to that score. I think that's just something that you've got to keep an eye on um, in retrospect. But, you know, the series themselves, they've been the same consistent. Like the seven series have been the same consistent teams making the top four. Um, so they're playing against them all the time. A couple of times they've missed out. And I think what we're seeing, um, we had the chat with Nathan last time I was on about mm-hmm. who do we think is going to be at the World Cup the best women's team, and we both said England, right? I think what you'll find is that now some of these 15s rep players are going to start moving to the sevens again mm-hmm. over the period of time to build up to that. Um, so I think, yeah, the, I think personally the games was the best. The World Cups was absolutely just, yeah, that's the icing on the cake, that one. Um, mm-hmm. but the, And the legwork was done. Uh, at the series um yeah yeah um i think probably the difference go back to com comms games and mm. olympics games will be i mean of the big teams uh, uh france um will be there france came third in this world cup um uh, usa will be there usa always strong and uh, uh england well it won't be england it'll be great britain so like England with a couple of Welsh or Scottish players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I just think it's great. And I'm, I'm so glad they won. Um, the men, I mean, and, and kudos to Tim Walsh. He's, so Tim Walsh was originally the women's coach and he moved over to the men's because they had great success with the women's. And then he did a swap with John Menenti after the Olympic Games in Tokyo last year. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, kudos to him. Staffing, absolutely perfect staffing choice. That yeah, it's it's not just New Zealand who can strike gold. Um, it's also oh. us. Um, We've got the medals too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I don't guess I guess that's all. It, uh, that's it. Um, South Africa's going to play Argentina. 
Um, I don't know, don't really care about that. Just hope that South Africa uh, piss off another fan base. Um, I just want to say that last game of rugby, uh, it's one of those games that makes me hate rugby. Um, it was, a uh, referee was centre stage. Um, South Africa, it's, it is impressive the way they win, but it's not exactly thrilling football. Um, but but we, called this, it, we called it in the discussion. Don't we, we did. We, we said they'll play the game to the referee. I can't quote myself exactly. I might have to go back and listen to what I said. But I'm pretty certain we said they'll play mm-hmm. up and under, high ball contest yeah. because of the way the forward pack is, and they will play the referee because it was okay. Yeah, and yeah. What, and what did they do? That's what they did. But, um, I, I mean, it's like we didn't – Australia didn't lose by the referee. It hurts. But the, – and the South African response after it, it just, I don't know if you see their fans, it's uh, reminded me why I really disliked South Africa when I was a kid. <laughs> um, um, and, and, I mean, we asked the age-old question, who would you, you know, like who would you least want to see win other than England, of course, um, and, and Jack O'Rourke, a regular contributor, he was the only guy to say South Africa, where we all said, you know, New Zealand. But, oh, you know, after those couple of games, I I just hate it. I hate, I just hated everything. Uh, John Smith saying uh, whatever Nick White did brought it down. It's like, bro, you, you, your team, I gouged everyone. Um, Mpimpi, actually, I kind of liked it with him and Coro Betty, but losing his, his shit at him. Um, I don't know. Erasmus have, anyway, don't get me started. Um, but hopefully it'll be a good game of rugby mainly because the Wallabies will win on the weekend. Fingers crossed. That's it. And, and I don't think I'll make work on Friday morning if the Wallabies win on Thursday. I'm pretty <laughs> certain that's probably going to be the case. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, next weekend, Thursday, uh, we've got the day off. Yes, we do. I've taken the Friday off work. So have I. <laughs> uh, and I, I put in my reason, Morning the Queen part two, um, just made me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> it got approved. Very unprofessional of me. Um, and uh, yeah, then we've got the uh, Bledisloe on Saturday. So <sighs> I'd like well, to say exciting times, but I'll be the most nervous I have been in a while. Yeah, I think um, I think with what we've got coming up, the the tours themselves, the Bledisloe, the end of the championship. We've got the grand finals in the hospital cup. We finished Shoot Shield, um, the Farrah Premier in New Zealand, you know, all of these are now starting to wrap up with the finals. I think we've come to a great year and a great successful year in sevens. I just want to see the 15s do it now um, and start giving us fanatics some more hope so that, you know, when we pull in those persons that, that have never, ever watched a game of rugby or I think AFL is the sport. Um, well, <laughs> get me started on that. Um, you know, I want to see that they will be willing to sit and watch a game and, and what you said there, Nick. That game, I have not wanted to turn a game or a game of rugby off in a long time. And I think that one, you know, I, I had the finger over the off button on the remote <laughs> for a fair bit of it. Um, yeah, so... Mm. Did I tell you I was watching the rugby with my mate and he only pretty much watches rugby with me. Yeah. He just started playing music about 30 minutes in off on his yeah. phone. 
And it's like, I was like, at the time, I was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? But now I'm like, I get it. It was the right move. <laughs> Look, you know, and that's that's the one thing about outsiders. <laughs> you know, they know when something's boring. Um, <laughs> and us, you know, fanatics that we just can't hold ourselves together without watching it or having their rugby fix. And, you yeah. know, that's why. That's why I coach rugby four days a week at the moment um, because I just don't want to watch it. I want to coach it. Um, but, yeah, so um, thanks for having me on tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure as always, uh, and I hope that we have a few more questions coming through. Um, and, and, you know, I look forward to the next time I get to come on and, and have a have a chat to the fat with you. Oh, very kind of you, Josh. So sweet, as always. Um uh yeah cool let's wrap it up um we're coming up to an hour on recording let's uh break a record not do an hour long pod um uh, thanks for coming on josh thank you for listening everyone leave your comments leave your likes leave your subscribes oh and uh one thing i forgot um rugby report cards has come off our feed they're on their own feed now um if you want to keep listening to their podcast or keep subscribed just go wherever you get your podcast from and type in the name Rugby Report Card in full and they should come up. Okay. Uh, I meant to say that at the start, um, but I forgot. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, catch you later. Go the Wallabies. But what did go wrong? I'll have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Sri Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah, very good. Three cheers for Sri Bombo, very good, very good. <laughs>